0: The FDA is charged with protecting citizens from dangerous drugs. What happened to create their recent ban on the kids' cold and cough medicines? You're listening to ReachMD XM 157, the channel for medical professionals. Welcome to the Clinician's Roundtable. I'm your host, attorney and Dr. Bruce Bloom, President and Chief Science Officer of Partnership for Cures, a nonprofit that drives cures to patients through repurposing current therapies for new uses. And my guest is David Donnersberger, MD, JD. Dr. Donnersberger is one of a handful of experts in the world who is licensed and trained as both a physician and an attorney and is in a great position to comment on the recent FDA conclusion that over the counter cold and flu preparations, including cough medicines and antihistamines, are not proven safe in children under the age of six. Dr. Donnersberger, welcome to Reach MD. Thank you. So tell us a little bit about your
1: background and your expertise. Where did you train? Where did you practice? Bruce, I am a board certified internal medicine doctor at Evanston Northwestern Hospital in Evanston, Illinois, and I'm on the clinical faculty at the Feinberg School of Medicine, Northwestern University in Chicago. I'm also a member of the Illinois Bar Association and a practicing attorney in the state of Illinois. I trained in the combined MD JD program at Southern Illinois University, which is the most integrated of the combined MD JD programs in the United States of America. I practice in a small internal medicine practice in the northern suburbs of Chicago.
0: And are you primarily a doctor or primarily a lawyer or do you do 50
1: 50? I'm primarily a physician and my legal credentials come into play as a teacher of residents, medical students, and other physicians on topics of the law, ethics, humanities, bioethics, and things such as that. And so you're in a kind of a unique position to
0: comment on these kinds of regulatory issues because you see them both from the practicing physician side and also from the legal side. So tell us a little bit about What's going on with the recent FDA
1: ruling? Well, the FDA is the Food and Drug Administration, and it's the agency in the federal government charged with proving both the safety and the efficacy of any medications, foods, or drugs that are submitted into the stream of commerce of the United States of America. And the Food and Drug Administration, based upon a citizen's petition, conducted a hearing and a number of investigations into not really the safety, but the efficacy of cold preparations in pediatric populations under the age of 12, under the age of 6, and under the age of 2, and had several very important and interesting findings based on that data gathering.
0: And the research that the FDA did, was that done at the FDA? Was it done in academic
1: centers, institutions? Where did that take place? The Food and Drug Administration impaneled a special advisory committee, which was a joint session of the non-prescription Drug Advisory Committee and the Pediatric Advisory Committee. And those two committees formed a special investigative committee and held national hearings and did their own investigation within the Food and Drug Administration and came to certain conclusions. They listened to experts, experts from around the country, pediatric specialists, emergency room physicians, cardiothoracic specialists, pharmacologists, read and reviewed all of the available literature, and after a private hearing and a vote, came to some very, very interesting and important conclusions. So what was it that they said about these preparations? In a vote of 21 to 1, this advisory committee to the Food and Drug Administration recommended that over-the-counter cold and flu preparations no longer be available for children under the age of two. And in a vote of 13 to 9, the same panel determined that there should be a recommendation to the Food and Drug Administration that these medicines no longer be available for children under the age of six. And for the age group between 6 and 12, did they take a vote? Did they not come to a conclusion? What happened in that age group? That's an excellent question. In fact, the panel voted to keep the medicines on the shelf and allow the current labeling for the medicines for children between the ages of 6 and 12. So when you read through what the FDA found,
0: did they find that it didn't actually work for the kids or just wasn't safe enough compared to how it worked? What was the conclusion?
1: Well, as I said before, the FDA is charged with both demonstrating the efficacy and the safety of medications submitted into the stream of commerce in the United States. And this was a question really not so much of safety concerns, but of lack of proof of efficacy of these medications in the pediatric population. Going back to a Journal of the American Medical Association article from 1993, Dr. Smith and Feldman found that there really was an absence of persuasive evidence to suggest Suggests That over the counter cold and flu medicines were efficacious in a pediatric population. Then in 1994, Kogan et al. published another article in the Journal of the American Medical Association which described just how prevalent these over the counter pediatric cold and flu medicines were. And in a preschool population, 53% of the preschoolers studied by Kogan had taken some over-the-counter colder flu medicine in the previous 90 days, 53%. And so the FDA rules say they're not supposed
0: to be marketed to this age group anymore, but there's no real ban if a parent takes
1: these from the pharmacy, they can still give them to the kids, correct? That's an excellent question. You can certainly go as an adult and buy the adult preparations and recall from memory or guesstimate on your own what would be an appropriate dose for your child, but that is highly recommended against.
0: If you've just tuned in, you're listening to the Clinician's Roundtable on Reach MD, XM 157 the channel for medical professionals. I'm your host, Dr. Bruce Bloom, and I'm speaking with physician and attorney David Donnersberger about the recent FDA decision to ban some cough and cold medications for use with children under the age of six years old. So when you looked at the information, did it look like for kids over the age of six that this was actually efficacious, or was there just less of a safety concern with that age group?
1: Well, the safety issue is what was made most of in the media. And the Food and Drug Administration released a 350-page review in September prior to their October hearings on this topic, reporting that since 1969 there had been 123 pediatric deaths linked to decongestants and antihistamines. Now, the use of the word linked is obviously a lot less strong than proven or causative or uh, as a result of these medicines. And it is widely acknowledged that any pediatric deaths over the past 40 years that could be linked to decongestants and antihistamines could very well be due to administration problems that the parent had in giving the medicine or combinations with other medicine that caused bad outcomes. So you're saying it might be
0: for this pediatric population that parents gave too much or gave it on a wrong dosing schedule or gave it with some other drug or the kid had an allergy to something. So it might not have been the active ingredients in that medicine that might be linked to the death. That's exactly
1: right. The problem with the labeling and selling of these over-the-counter medicines to the pediatric population really was not so much about safety, but about lack of persuasive evidence as to the medicine's efficacy in pediatric populations. And that really needs to be highlighted because it's not so much a safety concern, but a lack of, of persuasive evidence that these medicines work in children.
0: So what are we going to expect to see on the shelves? Are they going to take off that cute packaging with the baby sleeping soundly in the bed and the thermometer? And what kind of warnings will we expect to see on this
1: packaging and when will that happen? Well, this was an advisory panel making recommendations to the Full Food and Drug Administration. And the FDA is going to take their time in coming to a final ruling on what should happen to these medicines and to the labeling. Clearly, the advisory panel said one thing, which the whole FDA is probably going to take and run with, and that is the phrase, doctor recommended on any of these packages is no longer supportable. That's probably an unequivocal recommendation of this committee that is going to stick with the FDA. The FDA is going to digest this information, and over the next year or two, we're going to see a final decision and determination by the FDA. It's interesting to note that the largest manufacturers of these medicines, a week before the panel's final determination, voluntarily took these medicines off the shelf. So as a practicing physician, When you hear an FDA
0: advisory panel ruling, but the FDA itself hasn't really taken any action... What do
1: you do? That raises a really interesting legal question. And I don't think it is yet a recommendation that rises to the level of a standard of care that I as a physician would have to adhere to. But it certainly gives me pause and makes me think and consider in my patient population, knowing what I know, knowing my patients, other medications, do I want to give this medicine or don't I? And What would you do as a physician now that
0: these medications are sort of no longer available to you, what's the alternative for
1: taking care of these patients? We have to remember that it was in the early 1970s when the Food and Drug Administration first allowed over-the-counter cold and flu preparations, decongestants, and antihistamines to be labeled for a pediatric population. Those determinations in the FDA monograph were based exclusively on extrapolation of adult data with Some considerations of children weigh less and children have less body surface area and less body mass index, so therefore they should use less of the medication. Before this ruling in October, after this ruling in October, my recommendation still stands talk to the pediatrician who knows your child, who knows the height and weight and size and other medications and the medical history of your patient, of your child, of his patient, your child, before you go forward with giving any of these medicines.
0: Let's take a step back. You said at the beginning that this was a consumer-oriented complaint to the FDA. Did it come from one place or were there lots of complaints? How did that get started in
1: the first place? The Baltimore City Health Commissioner, Dr. Joshua Sharfstein, largely based on the 1993 Journal of the American Medical Association article from Smith and Feldman, filed a citizen's petition, which any of us can do as an American citizen, requesting that the FDA look specifically at the efficacy and the safety of these medicines in the pediatric population.
0: I want to thank my guest Physician and attorney David Donnersberger for shedding some light on the recent FDA decision to ban some cough and cold medications for use with children under the age of six years old. I'm attorney and Dr. Bruce Bloom, President and Chief Science Officer of Partnership for Cures, a nonprofit that repurposes existing treatment for new uses. You've been listening to the Clinicians Roundtable on ReachMD XM one fifty seven, the channel for medical professionals. We welcome your questions and your comments. Please visit us at reachmd.com where you can find our new on-demand and podcast features, which allow you to access our entire program library. Thank you for listening.